Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning on a global scale. Here, so here it is with the window down. Well, there's two windows. In the other window? <laughs> and we'll open it back up. All right. See how this sounds. So, yeah, uh, let's, uh, so, 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 do you hear this? Like the that that sound? That's the um, the other breed. Yeah, the, the other breed in Brood X. I've seen pictures of one, and they're like white. Have yeah, you yeah. seen those pictures? Oh, of them? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like, look completely different. They are. Yeah, there's like three different species in Brood X, and then there's one that sounds like crickets that I assume get drowned out. But the screechers are the loudest. Yeah, they're the, they're, they're they're the crazy ones. Ready? Let's do it. The Brain Buster Boys, episode 22. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Belmont Rand. Hey, everybody. I hope, hope you can hear me amidst the cacophony of cicadas behind us. Um, so that's going to be our background ambiance for the episode. There's, there's no, no, um, no editing trickery, none of that. <laughs> This is all. This is real. This is real. And um, and it's time to get real. It's time to get real. Um, um, so let's talk about what happened. Yeah. So the AC at my house slash the studio uh, went out like a week and a half ago at this point. Um, and fortunately, it was only like two days of like hot weather, and then it's been pretty mild here, yeah. so it hasn't been yes. that bad. But Supposed to be fixed yesterday. It was actually the furnace. The blower in the furnace went out, so no air can get through is the thing. Supposed to be replaced yesterday, and Lee, my roommate slash landlord, um, said that it has to be Monday now, and it's going to be hot as shit all weekend. And we had talked about maybe lugging the equipment somewhere and recording somewhere else, but you know what? We're a couple of tough guys. We are tough guys. We're just I mean, a couple you know, of toughies, so we're going to tough it out and sweat it out. I feel like being a tough guy is, you know, you, you like, you know, that's a basic qualifier for being able to talk about wrestling and being a brain buster. Yeah, and for boy. being a brain buster, absolutely. But so obviously the windows must be open. You know, it's not too too. too it's like eighty-one degrees in my house right now. Let's be real, but right. it doesn't feel. Let's get real. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah windows are open cicadas are buzzing uh i feel like there's definitely a lot more of them now that i'm just looking out the wind you see a lot more of them just flying around just darting around and so um next week i read an article is supposed to be the worst week for this yeah. area and which is the southern tip of brood x's kind of um what, what, what do you call it? They're sort of region, region or, so or, or, or area footprint so, footprint. Yeah. So, um, bug print. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're absolutely everywhere around us. And just um, so loud, so loud, like, screechingly loud. But I was saying like, I've been seeing more and more of them. It was like, you'd just hear them constantly and you'd see them. But yeah. like now just outside, you just, they're all they're everywhere. 
Yeah. It's insane. It's kind of a geek. It is, I mean, yeah. it's once every 17 years, so it's, you know, there's some novelty to it. Yeah, in 2004, shit, I was uh, uh, 16, yeah. I think, and uh, yeah, I mean, man. So yeah, they're the backdrop for today's show. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, so as you heard last week from about a month ago, uh, Mr. Greg Goldman is trying to angle his way onto our show. Uh, we've kind of been avoiding him. Um, yeah, we've um, ignored quite a few of his calls. Um, he doesn't text, it appears. But yeah, yeah we've been just kind of dis- disregarding it. Um, you know, I don't think either of us know what to do. We were kind of, you know, blindsided yeah. whenever he was to sat at our least. house all day, you know, about a month ago. And just assumed he was on the show. Yeah, but like, you know, like, like what would anybody else in their right mind do in, in this situation? You know, like, especially going through what we've gone through. You know, like, I think we just want to try our best just to, like, move past that yeah. completely, no entirely. Drama. Nothing that's going to, like, you know, just kind of have an easygoing, flowing summer is what I 100% want. Yep. Yeah. Fun. Which, you know, not saying Goldman can't bring his brand to fun here, but uh feels like a lot right now. Yeah, I just don't want to think about it. So, something to think about is our old friend Vince, and, uh... See, now I'm actually worried about him. Who knows what's going on with him, as he uh, made another pretty substantial round of cuts, you know, after a few had been made earlier this year with some big names, and a couple other pretty big names right off the top. Toot Toot, Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, who you didn't see, but he's like Cruiserweight 205 Live, guy's awesome. Like sure. a lot of, you can tell he's modeled his style after Kenny a lot, gotcha. so he's got a bright future. Lana, who is Miro's wife, Ruby Riot, who I know you liked and who I've always been a big fan of since she's been around, and then Santana Garrett, who is like an NXT jobber. But uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Vince. Uh, well, you know, um, ever I, since I, he left us. Yeah, well, and I thought it would be a good idea just to not contact him, just to kind of let him go do his thing. You know, I think you know, like how we ended things with him and WWE in general. <laughs> Was as good of an ending as we could have hoped for, you know. Despite you know, all the madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think, like, walking away from that smoldering pile of wreckage, um, <laughs> you know, um, like, literally and figuratively. Yes. Uh, quite literally. Was, uh, you know, was a good. So we haven't talked to him. I guess you yeah, know. Maybe is what we I mean should, to say. should we check in on him? After? Probably. I mean, oh no, we know his secretary's number, so uh, yeah. You know, we well, can at least call the office because we know he'll be there, right? I'd say you should do it because, okay. like, you know, you guys had that kind of. Rel- yeah. I mean, I'll be with you, of sure, course. Sure. But uh, okay. yeah, let's maybe check because, like, especially the Alistair Black one was curious because as we were still covering them, they were starting to build him back up on SmackDown with those promos with the book, and it's like. This is cool, like, because you haven't seen him, but the guy can fucking go. Yeah, well, I, saw, un- I saw him on the promo. Yeah, like, very like, unique. Like the storybook And thing, just very yeah. unique character wrestlers. Yeah. So, like, that was a shock. And then Strowman, who was just in the title match at Backlash or WrestleMania Backlash, whatever bullshit. Backwash. Who's had a heck of a run there over the last five, six years and accomplished a lot and been a pretty big star. So here's one rumor that I'm seeing about all this is, like, cutting all this money and getting you know getting rid of these contracts like a lot of writers and people out there are like is wwe preparing for a sale yeah that's exactly I what figured i figured that as you well. may have come across yeah yeah it on yeah Twitter. That, that vince is going to sell it too on um, what is it, universal yeah which is which i guess is the parent company of like viacom peacock nbc yeah. all that which they're already in bed together and have been for quite a while sure. so 
Very interesting stuff, but uh, we'll be intrigued to see where all these folks go. Um, well, we're going to talk, hopefully, maybe hear from Vince um, and uh, see. You yeah. know, I just hope he's okay. Yeah. One well, about the wrestlers, like, obviously, sucks for them that they got fired, yeah. but they're all going to land somewhere. Like, Alistair Black will go back to his name of Tommy End which was his name on the indies, and I've never actually seen him as such. Like, I'd love to see him in New Japan, of course, AEW. Um, you know, I could see a couple of these folks, like Buddy Murphy, maybe Ruby going to Impact, Braun maybe Impact, AEW. I mean, Impact, AEW, New Japan, perhaps Ring of Honor, but it's going to be interesting. It and is. Speaking of WWE releases... Uh, was maybe going to save this for the Dynamite recap, which we're getting close to, but it does preempt our, if you recall, Andrade El Idolo shows up on Dynamite last night. So we are going to do our, if you recall, with him, because Bo has never seen him before, and not. we've kind of kept those topical. And we're going to do Andrade versus Johnny Gargano from NXT TakeOver Philadelphia in January of 2018 which I feel 2018 might be the best year of wrestling in-ring ever, and I think this is probably a top 25-30 match ever. And, uh, yeah, excited to watch it with you. Excellent. Me too. And excited for Andrade and AEW, and we'll get more into that. Um, and uh, after a long hiatus, we're going to be bringing back the Pepsi Mountain Dew, Pepsi One, Diet Pepsi, Star Wars Episode One, can comparisons. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Skaters, you know where I'm at. What's up? <laughs> so I guess you looked back, it was what, Episode 10 the last time we have done yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Snowpiercer. Wow. Uh, it's been that been long. quite a while. You know, this was a hallmark of the early Brain Buster Boys, which, you know, in our Episode One, we yeah. discussed Star Wars Spawned Episode from One. It, yeah. Started doing comparisons of AEW folks to the characters on the Pepsi, Mountain Dew, etc. cans. And it was a ton of fun, but we really got sidetracked by all the Turner craziness. Right. And, you know, it's something we always knew we were going to finish. And we are back today with Diet Pepsi, and we get our first women involved. And it's the same person, Queen Amidala and Padme. That is correct. Going to be a uh, interesting comparison, interesting dynamic to... Kick things off back on. Bo so, will um, have a full report of the Star Wars characters. And as always, I will make my comparison from the AEW realm. And it's interesting. We were talking about this a bit earlier before we jumped on here. It's like when we were doing that, that was, you know, three, four, five, six, seven months. And yeah. a lot has changed in AEW. Yeah. So, like, we're going to recap all the picks that we made back then. And just an interesting look back on our show and AEW. And yeah, yeah. Excited to dive back into yeah, this. Yeah, going to be a fun fun retrospective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, hey, uh, shall we roll into Friday Night Dynamite from June 4th? I think we might. Okay. Well, uh, I will take a drink of my Tropic Flare. I'll take a drink of my Tropic Miller Lite. And we will go. So we kick off with the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Greasy Young Bucks, defeating the Death Triangles, Pack and Penta, like that. in 9 minutes, 42 seconds, in a non-title match via shenanigans, as I said it would be, 
with the distract distraction <laughs> distraction from that what did JR call him that stooge cameraman Brandon Cutler at yeah. the end um but this was easily match of the night for in what, sure in what I would call a relatively mediocre version of dynamite you know it's always enjoyable week in week out but i'd say the first half or even first quarter of the show were the highlights and then you know some decent stuff from there but at any rate this match ruled mm-hmm. we had penta back in his joker gear yeah people liked it yeah phoenix still absent which i think he is hurt i saw he was on spanish commentary for double or nothing uh, they even referenced in the match like what the young bucks did to him, and he got unmasked too, which you didn't see it. Oh, wow. Like he covered up, but like so he hasn't been seen since then. So, you know, it all makes sense. But we miss him. Yeah, we do miss him. Um, two things. I guess first thing we'll go ahead and do this. So here's a weird Beaumont moment that I had going out in my head. I didn't express it last night. Okay. You know, I'm fucking Kenta. Yeah. You know when he when he says that. So the entire last um, last night when I was watching this mask match. Mask. <laughs> Good Lord. The entire, um, throughout the entire match last night, I kept thinking it was, I'm fucking Penta. <laughs> like, I kept thinking, I was like, oh yeah, he's that guy. That's and then only today, di- And then only today did I realize uh, that it was different. I'm uh, fucking Penta. I'm fucking Penta. And uh, yeah, no, this was definitely the match of the night. You know, a lot of good moments where you thought that the Bucks would lose. Yeah. Um, and like, credit to the Bucks, you know, like that they can, they've you know. They've been great really, heels. Yeah, they've been great heels and they can really sell those moments and like, God damn it, like you have like those moments whenever they pin Matt Jackson, then here comes Nick running in. Yeah. Like every time. It happens yep. like three times and like They get under your skin. They do get under your skin and it's frustrating and it's repetitive, but it's good. It works. You know, and it's good because of those reasons. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So right off the bat we had Frankie Kazarian continuing his crusade against the elite after they the Young Bucks beat SCU to break him up, and he fucking attacks Michael Nakazawa at ringside. And then, remember, Pac and Penta did the jump out of the ring simultaneously to start it. And, yeah, just a nice, you know, similarly to the Pac and Phoenix match, but that got like 25 minutes was for the title. This was like a very condensed version of that. Great stuff. Pac off the bat hit a nasty cutter and that standing moonsault. There was a time where Penta and Matt, like, almost right after the other, hit the destroyer where you, like, jump and flip over them and, like, carry them over. Yeah. Like, those were almost back-to-back, just, like, fast, big moves. There's the time they were facing off on the apron, and, like, Penta hit the package pile driver, and I think Nick's German suplex Matt on the um, apron, like, or vice versa, whatever. Like, double apron moves at the same time. Mm. Yeah, and the moment where I'm like, oh, they might lose was Nick unmasks Penta. Oh, yeah, and he's had, got the mask. Yeah. had the second mask on, and Nick is like, what? Like, really yeah. overplaying it. Yeah, and then he turns around, and he's like, whoa, 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 and, don't do it. And Kenta know? fucking kicks him in the balls, yeah. remember? And then went down, and I'm like, oh, my God, they might lose. And, you know, we knew they wouldn't. But pack it up, hit the perfect black arrow. And then Matt broke it up, and then it ended up like Cutler, distract Pack, distracted Pack, and I think <clears throat> Matt rolled up Penta for the one, yep. two, three. Again, like a, like a match in the double or nothing vein where the heels win. We had a lot of those at double or nothing, like roll up pins, interference, then mm-hmm. pin, you like, know. Just how Kenny beat Orr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had, a, you know, kind of in the double or nothing vein, you know, sort of like the double or nothing epilogue. Yep. Almost is what this was. Yep. And Eddie Kingston, old friend of the Death Triangle, comes down to save Penta from the BTE trigger. 
and more on that to come. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like there's going to be a group forming with that, you know? I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, that, you know, went back to the times of when we were still covering, because that has been off for, you know, months now. So it's sure. good to at least see them back together. And there's mm-hmm. a little promo later with our guy and future guest, Alex Marvez, which June, we'll get to. June 20th, people. <clears throat> and then we have sexual chocolate. It's sexual. Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, with no music coming yeah, out and being weird, introduced yeah. by Tony Schiavone, which you won't get this joke, but some of the listeners out there will. Azar texted me, and this was after Andrade came out, so just a great text. He's like, I'm marking out from Mark Henry using Tommaso Ciampa's old theme music. Because Champa for a long period came out to no music. Wow. Uh, so just like the way he hit that joke, like really geek. Because like I teed him up about Andrade. Like, hey dude, are you watching Dynamite? And that's what he said. And oh, that's really pretty sweet. That was out. the first thing. So it was like a double joke. Yeah. So kudos to you, Azar. Um, but yeah, the no music was very weird. But good to see Big Mark here, you know. He's not here to fix AEW, as nope. he said. Yeah. It's not broken. Yeah. And... Um, you know, he's like, they asked, or Tony asked him if he's going to wrestle again. He's like, I'm not saying yes, but I got a hell of a lot in the tank. Woo! And then here she comes. Excuse me! You see, I've never seen her do that before. Yeah. God, just how shrill. Heat magnet, She's dude. very cicada-like. Yes. Very cicada She is a fucking, a fucking heat magnet. She, she is part of Brood X. Yeah. And that's going to be her stable name. So she, Vicky comes out and like, again, she was doing this week in, week out on Raw back. And again, like what a way to draw booze and heat from the crowd. Cause it's shrill, shrieky voice. She's kind of a bitch. Yeah. Where's the cougar, yeah. you know, necklace. So like just tremendous heel. And you know, she's talking about introducing, and she just comes in out of the blue while Mark Henry's out there. And she's like, I'm going to introduce a man who won titles all over the world, a third generation wrestler. And I'm like, huh, who could this be? I'm like, is this, this going to be... I think I even said it. I'm like, is this going to be someone new? Yeah. And then she says, Andrade, El Idolo, Idola, however it's pronounced. Like, JR <laughs> couldn't figure it out. He, he couldn't even figure out Andrade. Yeah, he <laughs> couldn't even figure out Oklahoma. <laughs> He's just really butchering it. But, like, there he comes out in his hunter's green suit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you obviously didn't know him yet. Hadn't really heard about him. But I'm like, whoa, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, apparently I saw a tweet um, online that said he's like main event material like pretty instantly. So that's exciting. Absolutely. And I also mentioned to you as well, he is challenging Kenny for the AAA title in Mexico, I believe later in June. So when he comes out, I'm like, oh, is this just to kind of confront Kenny or is he signed? And like, turns out this had nothing to do with Kenny and he's here to be the face of all elite wrestling. How exciting. Like, that's going to be pretty rad. Like, especially that we have a new sort of challenger thrown in there because we have Jungle Boy coming up, but then like who after that, you know, and I imagine um, until Hangman, I imagine he's going to be positioned as a heel and, you know, like a lot of new guys that come in, I doubt he's going to be thrust right into it. But, like, he's going to have some great matches and great feuds. And, yeah, I mean, he's already going to be fighting Kenny in Mexico. So, who knows? Maybe he'll beat him for that title. Who wow, knows? yeah. I don't, a lot of possibilities. And, yeah, we'll get to watch him tomorrow. Like, he's small. Like, he's only probably 5'8 or 5'9. But he's, you know, such a great athlete. He is flippy, but he's not always flippy. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's sick. So, he's a dude, man. Uh, and he's got that presence. 
Mm. And he's dating Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Which is just kind of funny. So, uh, yeah, very, very exciting. And this did incite a bit of a debate on Twitter. Well, not a debate, but people on Twitter, you know, like, oh, how'd you not see this coming? And it's like, you know what? Maybe it's like, yeah, at some point I thought maybe he would come here. But it's like at that moment, at that time, you're not ready for it. You're not expecting it. So let's be excited about it. Yeah, and fuck us for having fun, Yeah, You know, like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I also mentioned to you, he had been in New Japan in like 2014, 15 as La Sombra, wore a mask. So a lot of speculation was he would go back there. Right. I'm sure it may be in his contract. He still could, but very exciting to see Andrade. So we go into something that's not very exciting. And that is Anthony Agogo <laughs> and QT Marshall defeating Cody and big shoddy Lee Johnson in 9 minutes 21 seconds. And just like Cody and Dogogo at double or nothing, this was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Um, you know, the, the result was kind of predictable. They weren't going to make this new guy that they brought in and hyped up lose twice. Correct. Um, and, like, I just don't really get, like, what this feud is or where it's going. Like, I get, like, I guess where it comes from. Yeah, Nightmare, fa- nightmare Family versus yeah, the Factory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I get we don't like each other, but, like, I... There's nothing beyond that. I'm so with you, and we'll talk about this more in the main event, which, why is that the main event? But it's also Nightmare Family versus Factory. And, like, both these matches, it's like, yeah, they're fine, they're okay, I get it, they don't like each other, QT turned on them, but, like, what are the stakes? What is this really leading to? And it's just not that exciting. No, it isn't. Like, the matches haven't really It's not bad, don't get me wrong, it's not raw bad. Yeah. It's just not really that exciting. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, yeah. But the most um, exciting part at the end, I guess, do we want to skip there? Yeah, I mean, we don't really have much to say about it. It's um, hot. The, although there was one, <laughs> it is very hot, yeah. Yeah. Um, although one thing that I thought was funny, when QT hit the diamond cutter, Cody kicked out and then Lee Johnson broke it up. So, like, I think he probably came in late on that. Yeah. So that was a bit of a botch. Um, but yeah, Cody was about to lock QT in the crossroads, and Jobber Aaron Solo distracted him, and yeah. Anthony Agogo hits the KO punch, and that's that. And then yeah, the QT Marshall promo. Yeah, whenever he, he just immediately just marches up, you know. Well, first no. he's like, "I shocked the world! I shocked the world!" And then, and then he like turns toward the booth, and he's like, "Hey, Shivani!" Directly, directly, to Tony. yeah, yeah. And it's all just all the animosity is just directed just there, cutting him down. Yeah, just cut him down. Yeah, just you didn't believe in, in me in, in evisceration. <laughs> and then when they cut back to the booth, and like Tony is just disheveled, like his head's down. Oh, biting his finger. Just kind of yeah. shaking his head as Jr. and XK. Yeah, it's like why Shivani? Is there something we missed? See, that's, a, that, that, that's another thing. Like that was funny, but there's also no why. And I think we're laughing at that because there is no why. Yeah. Like you know, like like that's what makes it <laughs> yeah, funny. But that, right. that doesn't make it good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I agree. So. And again, I like QT, you know, and I was happy to see him in this prominent, you know, more of a prominent position. But again, it's just not that exciting or compelling. Yeah, yet. Not, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, 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 just like, and on a night with new storylines, you know, because Double or Nothing seemed to be the end of many storylines. Um, you know, it was just... A double dose of this one, including the main Yeah, event, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. didn't really make any sense. Agreed. Okay, enough of that. So then the inner circle comes out to Judy 
it's in my mind and gives free t-shirts to everyone how nice of them which is pretty cool very charitable yes you got that right and sammy guevara is lauded as the hero and savior of the inner circle and as he should be you know like he had a rough arc there with mjf and all that stuff and like like that that match is going to come you know like oh, like, yeah. like part of me is like i'm kind of glad that they're sort of building toward that cuz i guess there's more to that feud that could happen oh yeah like mjf could do more shit to him you know that could like elevate it and increase yep. it and like make it just maybe not a headlining thing but but closer to it for sure you know yeah well and it's based on what jericho said it seems like jericho versus mjf is probably going to be coming before sammy and mjf but jericho also did reference unfinished business between jericho and mjf right. as well so but yeah i also mentioned last night like and we've been talking about this leading up and everything sammy as the face and like just how he was treated last night both by the inner circle and the fans like the guy's going to be a fucking star. Oh, yeah. And I like, mean, he already kind of is. Yeah. But. And this is like, I don't know, like kind of, I guess the inner circle was maybe on their way to being, I don't know, I guess they, they just got MJF. We, we, like when we started the show, it was yeah. right off the steak dinner. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know. So but, it was dissension with Sammy right off yeah, the yeah. bat Well, and much. like that's the meaning of them becoming faces too, because you know the MJF thing isn't going to work out for him in the yeah. long term. So like, you know him joining... Like, may make them seem more like heels because they added the biggest heel. But, like, still. Like, it's still a movement that, toward face. That's what started to turn it. Yeah, but they yeah. were still technically heels during yeah. that. Yeah, and, and, like, it, it, it's very rewarding. It's a very rewarding, Agreed. fulfilling. Long-term yeah, yeah, yeah. booking. Yeah. I've not run, Randy Orton school no, of No, not school. Not school at all. I don't miss school. No, I... Lord, I'm glad I graduated. Although I bet... We're school, no, I think we dropped out. <laughs> I think we dropped out more than graduated. Well, we'll have to go back to job or high. Ooh, yeah. You we think they have it. air conditioning there? God, I we hope don't, they do. Have, we uh, don't. No, no, I bet they I bet they don't have air conditioning, but they have HVAC. Yeah. I bet they call it HVAC <laughs> there. Fucking jobber high. Yeah. yeah, we'll go there someday. But but no, I thought it was you know, everyone was Santana and Ortiz were great, especially, you know, they're gonna probably challenge FTR. Yeah, yeah, because they tried to end their careers by putting them through the tables. Hager H challenged Wardlow to a cage fight. Yeah, so a lot of it's gonna be, you know, sort of these rematches that it seems like the inner circle is probably gonna win a lot of them. Don't you yeah, know? and I could see them maybe going back and forth yeah. and you know, leading again to some other big five on five match, maybe it all out. I sure. don't know. Like, yeah, as they all said this was far from over. Yeah, yeah. And then I loved when Jericho got the mic back, and like the first thing he said, just like when I think of Sean Spears, it pisses me off. <laughs> just out of the blue. Yeah. And then you know he went on to rip on MJF about trying to end his life, and he thinks about it every day, and he has to settle the score, and he has to now he has to ruin MJF's career. But it was a great promo, and like since they've turned face, Jericho has cut a number of like. The guy's is my favorite of all time for a reason. Again, sure. he's lost it a bit in the ring, but he, you know, he's still great as a fifty-year yeah. on the mic and everything. On a, he's a, got that clap. Yeah, sorry, on a double or nothing main event. Yeah, on an AEW Dynamite event yes. as well. Yes. But uh, yeah, just I love it. I love the inner circle. His faces. I love the pinnacle. I think. Again, we've referenced inner circle since we started this has been a large, a huge topic of conversation sure. week in, week out on this show and. Other than Vegas, it's all been compelling in its twists and turns. Yeah. And Vegas had its own flavor, but yeah, uh, yeah, and like, I, yeah, it's been like a good story. Like, you know, yep. one that you can kind of anticipate, but one that was that that's hit all the beats that it needed to, 
at the right times. And the beat goes on. And the beat as, goes as on. Bill Raftery would say in would UConn say. games. And, and, and who also goes in the um, Talking Heads? And the beat goes oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them too. And the yeah. beat goes on. Yes, sir. Those guys, too. So uh, then we go to our good buddy, Alex Marvez, with Kenny and Dan Callis watching. The highlights from the double or nothing title match. Callis mentioned some conspiracy against Kenny uh, to try and get the title off him. I don't know, but nonsense. And then Kenny's talking about Jungle Boy, Jungle Man, Jungle Champion. Teeing that up. And then he and Dan is like, you know what I do like is Jungle Boy's music. And, and then, then oh, 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 oh. And then Dan Callis grabs Marvez's <laughs> hand and makes him dance. <laughs> and we were dying. Like, just Dan in this whole segment was geeking me yeah. out. Like, I mean, and Kenny too, but yeah. Dan just like his body movements side to side. Oh, yeah. And when he grabbed Marvez's hand, yeah. it was just too he good. He just grabbed it and it just went over the top. I can't wait to ask Mr. Treasure. Marvez about that. Yeah, in no, a we're, no, we're going to talk about it too. I bet he can, you know, cut it One thing I want to ask is like, Favorite moments, obviously, most awkward. But, like, these interviews he does, like, he's become a character. Oh, yeah. Especially with Kenny and Cal. Mm-hmm. So, like, just really digging into all, like, you know, the golf course stuff. Yeah. The stuff at not the Randy Orton school of booking. Sure. And, uh... Yeah, yeah. I, I want to know how long he's wearing glasses for. That is burning <laughs> Well, in like my I heart. told you, when I met him, I think in 2013, no glasses. He's definitely lost a little weight now, and... Big goatee, so. What the fuck? He, yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck? But yeah, look out for probably June 20th. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the June 20th episode or earlier, but we're going to say June 20th just to cover our butts. Yes, so. our butts. So that'll lead us into Christian Cage and Jungle Boy defeating Private Party in 11 minutes, 20 seconds. And JR called Jungle Boy hot like five times in this match. And all kind of like awkwardly weird. Yeah, it's like, it always makes me think of like when people like in the jazz age talk about jazz bands. They're like, oh yeah, that band is hot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, I, I feel like maybe that's where JR is coming from. And when that, he kept yeah. going like, how hot is he? How hot is he? <laughs> <laughs> and just said it in kind of different ways. Every It was just pretty funny. Like... Match was nothing special, but just very solid. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, Jungle Boy just went on an absolute terror. But, you know, I'm digging Private Party wearing these clothes and their Dockers. Yeah, their Dockers. Their yeah, Jordans. yeah, yeah. Those, um, the, the, the Matt Hardy apparel. Yeah, that's a geek. Um, but yeah, pretty standard fare stuff here until the end when Jungle Boy did come in and go nuts and hit some elbows and a clothesline. And he had that real sick brain buster. Uh-huh. Drop kick, tornado DDT, snare trap, which was broken up, and then Christian speared, I think, Quen, and then he got the snare trap again on Cassidy, and he tapped out. And I remember Matt Hardy at ringside was just crushed. Yeah, it was just, he, that cigarette was put out on him. <laughs> and then shortly thereafter, Matt Hardy, and this had been brewing back at Double or Nothing in the Battle Royal when Christian eliminated him. Matt Hardy hit him with a twist of fate on the ramp. Uh-huh. So, like we said last week, I'm sure a singles match between those two is coming as they had so many tag team wars over the years. Oh, one thing to note, and I didn't mention this last night because I honestly like didn't even think about it until um, today as I was just kind of reading a recap, and it's very hot, too. And just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. 
Um, Plastering. Edge and Christian used to do something called the five second pose uh-huh. back in the day. And they were just like, and I, again, didn't re- notice it last night, but Private Party was doing that oh, did to they? mock them a couple of times. That's really cool. Which is sweet. And then that's what led Christian to like knock one of them out. And it, I was cashed last night and just didn't even think about it. But yes, very cool. Very stuff. good. Very good. And we go back to our fucking guy, Taz, with Team Taz, and Stalks and Hook are just staring daggers into Cage and vice versa during this whole promo. Because obviously everything that happened at Double or Nothing, we're clearly heading towards a Brian Cage face turn, so we think. Starks ends up leaving yeah. during the promo. Hook, you know, Hook's looking a little tougher. I just, yeah. can't wait. I want to see him wrestle. That, yeah, that's got to be soon, especially yeah. if Team Taz's roster is going to continue Correct. to dwindle. So basically, um, Taz says or urges Hangman to find a partner to face Hobbs and Cage next yeah. week, which will be interesting. And then Tony introduces his favorite person in the world, Sting and Darby. And Sting said he's had a great career, blah, blah, blah. Double or nothing's the night he'll never forget. Not to shit on it. I don't mean that at all. I'm just hot and tired here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, Sting was amazing at Double or Nothing. Like we said last week, and like we said, I'm sure Sting, the human being, that was a huge moment for him, and he corroborates this week. And we get Scorpio Sky and very, very upset. <laughs> Ethan Page. He is, he is constantly upset. <laughs> He's the most upset person in AEW. Dethrone him. Yeah, and someone. I, well, and who won our fucking poll? Fucking. Who won, who won well, our, uh, last week it was, was Taz. Well, well, Taz for Double or Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was, was it Kenny about the... Or no, it was Britt Baker. Britt Baker. Yeah, Britt Baker the, was most For the upset. Hikaru Shida. Yeah. But it's really Ethan Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, you know, He's underneath. He's been so upset the last month. Yeah, yeah. Like, consistently, throughout. You know, he's so, most upset in AEW... Um, long term. So upset that he calls Darby a spineless, codependent bitch. Codependent. <laughs> On Sting. Yeah. Because that's kind of their whole thing is they were saying Sting was carrying you, Darby. So yeah. then they urged Darby to find a partner other than Sting. Yeah. So Hangman's got to find a partner. Darby's got to find a partner. That would be a pretty rad fucking <laughs> combination. <laughs> Let's fight both. Yeah. That's not going to happen, but that would be sick. It would be sick. But, uh, hey, AEW locker room, be on alert. These two pimps are looking for some partners. For sure. You want to win some matches? Attach to them. Yeah. So that'll be intriguing to see who they each pick. And uh, Tony Schiavone then goes and introduces his good friend and new AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Who is surrounded by all the heel jobbers and cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was a, a fun little placement. Yeah. You know, and like, one thing about her is like, she had the crowd behind her when she was doing the DMD, mm-hmm. you know, thing. And, um, you know, she's, you know, really doing a good job there. It really proves that, you know, she's a heel character that everybody likes. Exactly. You yes. know, like, like, well, like, she's going to hold the title, I feel like, for a, for a good bit. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope that Thunder Rosa is the one that ends up taking an offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I imagine six months at least. I mean, Probably. hell, Sheeta just had it for a year. So, um, but yeah, just fun stuff. I don't know why the cheeseburgers were out there. Yeah. I don't know if we missed that. Well, I think it was for the the, the plate flip. Well, <laughs> yes, the ultimate plate flip 
by Nyla Rose. Not only flips it, and then she just chucks all of them. Like, oh, yeah. Throws one or two into the crowd, and then just it, throws it. just grabs the plate. plate and just heaves them. No, that was just well shot. Like, that was the biggest, that's biggest geek of the night. Yeah, that was great. Sure. Yeah, it yeah. was great. Like, just why not? So, I guess Nyla's coming for the title. Um, mm-hmm. Who is a heel, so I guess, well, you know, the blinds are so blurred these days. Fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then Marvez is back with Eddie Kingston, and Pac and Penta say they don't want his help. And Eddie says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay. So there's a truth. I mean, I, I feel like that's going to be kind of something that's going to heal. And then when Moxley finally comes back, kaboom. Yeah. You know, I think that, like, I have a feeling that's going to be sort of. I dig it. The arc of that. I dig it. In my opinion. Yeah. Interesting stuff to note. And then we have the Jobber High, was it Salutatorian or Valedictorian? I don't know. Red Velvet. <laughs> the Bunny. In seven minutes. Even or 720, I can't read my right. Something of the like. Uh, you know, uh, it was a, it was an all right match. Yeah. You know, clearly Red Velvet building toward a rematch with Jade. You would, one would imagine, yes. Yeah. I always like the bunny, too. She does some cool kicks. Yeah. She's pretty. Yeah. I like her moxie, mm-hmm. her poise. Uh, she doesn't wrestle, like, she's definitely played more the manager figure, you know, since she's been here. She was Allie in Impact and when she first came to AEW, but... I think she's a pretty underrated wrestler. And Red Velvet is also very solid. And she hit that suicide dive in the beginning that was pretty dangerous that our uh, guy, Bishop T.W. Takes, said she Sasha'd it because Sasha Banks, I think it was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn back in the day, had a pretty similarly dangerous suicide dive. So I thought that was funny. But, uh, yeah, the match, again, it was okay. Good to see both, because we don't see either of them a ton. And um, towards the end, the blade slid in some uh, brass knucks to the bunny, and Red Velvet hit her move called Just Desserts. What a weird name. For the win. That was just an okay name. (laughs) It's unique. I don't want to criticize her. It was just an okay match. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And speaking of just okay shit, are we rolling into the main event? Not quite yet. Uh, Not uh, quite uh, yet. uh, We got a cut. We had Johnny Hungy in the back. Oh, shit. Basically saying... What am I doing? The heat is scrambling my my medium-turn memory. Yeah, I'm getting some... uh, That or the cicadas. Some swamp butt brewing here. Um, uh, But yeah, Johnny's hungry. He hasn't been seen much on Dynamite lately, I think, because he's been hurt. And I think last week was the first time we'd seen him in the flesh. Said he's hungry for some gold, but he's still not cleared. So he yields his TNT title shot to Evil Uno. Yeah. Which should be very fun. Yeah, no, that should be a fun match. You know, like, really want to see the Dark Order get back in the ring, big matches yeah, and just stuff like that. Evil Uno versus Miro, I think, will just be interesting. Yeah, and no, Evil Uno is, like, since fans have been coming, like, the guy's been getting some nice steam as, a, as some some pops from the crowd. So Great. He's yeah. a unique, uh, gimpy guy. Mm, very gimpy. He's sick. So then we have Miro, who, by nature... Is very upset. Nick Conti's fucking Zangief, man. I mean, he's the only one that could maybe even come close to Ethan Page just because he's very upset in his natural resting state, as you've yeah, said. Yeah, but, but also, like, his size, you know, he's like, I'm the big, crazy, angry dude. I'm a big. I'm a big, yeah, yeah. And Ethan Page doesn't have that, so his um, upsetness is, like, a lot more distinct. And Ethan and Page Mir- has... Miro just blends into the character a little bit more. And Ethan Page know? has those crazy eyes sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah, Miro's very upset. He thanks God for his strength and his wife for being so hot, which yeah. I'm sure he said because she just got released. 
No. Um, but I didn't mean to, to be a dick there. But uh, anywho, now we get to the main event, which I believe you called a bullshit match. <laughs> I don't know whether that was on purpose or not, because it's a bull rope match. But you're like, bullshit. <laughs> time for the bullshit. Oh match. God, I like like I don't like. Like, we weren't drinking that much last night. So, no, I so, had no. a beer at your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of drinks at dinner, like, really close to it. So, it's like, I, like, sh- I hope I said that. Oh, you definitely the, said the it. The bullshit, You man. 100% the, the, said the it. The bull, oh, man. What a Again, fucking I don't, term. I don't know what your intent was, but the, you said this, it. This, this, this <laughs> was truly... A bull, like, like, like to, to, to complete the circle. That was truly a bullshit match. It wasn't a bunkhouse match. No, it I'll wasn't a bunkhouse match. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so the bullshit match. Dustin Rhodes defeats. <laughs> let's call him our boy, Nick Camarado, in ten minutes and eight seconds. We talked about it earlier. Nightmare Family versus the Factory. Like this was fine. Like, why the fuck was this the main event? <laughs> I it, it, it is for above real. Me. I mean, like, it was the one main event where I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to partially tune out here. Yeah, and I yeah, think we yeah. both kind of did. I mean, we were tired, not not as hot as we yeah, are yeah, now because Boyasco's got yeah. some AC. But I'd been out for a bit before, and I was scooped. Oh, yeah, and I just got back in town like at 9 and just like made dinner. You know, it was kind of a, and kind of a bit of a rush. Give us a double dose. Of the factory versus the nightmare family. That's yeah, what we needed. Yeah, yeah the least, yeah, the least interesting uh, feud. Yeah, double dose of it. Great. I guess we're coming off double or nothing. So now they had to give us nothing. Yeah, and like, well, I don't know. Um, like it was an average show, and it's like whenever you have like we talk about WWE and like oh yeah Raw like the one after WrestleMania is always really good yeah and then when it sucks shit it sucks <laughs> shit even more yeah you know because of that expectation it's like what I talked to Mr. McMahon about about setting expectations you know it's like you got to manage those and I think at least AEW seems to manage that you yeah know, rolling off their pay per views well before let me just get a few thoughts out here and then do you want to try and call Vince. After uh, this? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, match was fine. Um, I don't, Again, don't know why this was happening in the main event. Um, actually, really, the only thing I really wanted to discuss here, first off, Camarado got busted open. Somehow he powerbombed Dustin through a table. That was pretty cool. So, not Sid Gunn. The other Gunn brother came out. To attack Aaron Solo. One, do you know what his name is? Two, what do you think his name is? Because now we can have a new Sid Gun on our hands. Because uh, that's how Sid Gun was born. Poppy didn't know his name I was think, Austin. Okay, so I was going to say so Austin. So Austin is, is Sid Gun. Um, so this is his brother, the uh, taller one that came out. Houston Gun. <laughs> And, uh, it will now forever be Houston Gun. Houston Gun. Not too far off. Yeah. It's Colton Gun. Oh, so I knew it was going to be some sort of like some a hunter, Western Texan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like he can kill people. So Houston Gun came out and attacked Aaron Soul. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to like let's establish a new name. Houston Gun. Houston Gun. That sounds pretty. It's got a nice ring. So Sid and Houston. Sid and Houston. The sons of Billy. Yeah. The badass Billy Gunn. Dustin Rhodes hit the final reckoning, and Nick Camarado kicked out at one late, which was tight. That was like some New Japan shit there. Yeah. 
Um, then Dustin threw him into an exposed turnbuckle, top rope bulldog. I guess he like tied him up with the rope, which mm. I didn't even notice last night. Yeah. And that was it. And there's our show. And yeah, it was okay. The, it was again, the first 30 minutes yeah. were awesome. Yeah. I know. I, I read some stuff where, um, well, I guess we have Kenny and Jungle Boy coming up. We have how many more shows left exclusively in Daly's place? Like four or five. Yeah, I think July 7th is when they go to Miami. Yeah, yeah. so I think like a lot of people on Twitter were saying, you know, that's when the storylines are really going to start taking That last Daily's Place show. Yeah, yeah, and then they're going to do that, and then they're going to go on tour, and that's when they're really going to kind of kick it. Which that's the one I'll be out of town for, yeah, yeah. so we'll have to, we'll probably watch it on that Sunday. Well, and our Milwaukee show is the uh, buy-in for... Uh, no, I thought it was the go-home show, because oh, Micah, home. that prick told me it was he's toxic he's going to the go home show in boston the next week he is toxic he's incredibly toxic <laughs> so yeah he got it in my mind which actually i'm happy it's not the go home show because go home shows as we just saw typically aren't the most like great match heavy yeah more storyline driven but uh yeah august 25th we will be in milliwaukee yeah. with the view from the top rope boys and High five, Tom. Yeah. And we can't wait. Oh, no, it's going to be fun. going to be better weather than here. Maybe less <laughs> noisy. It's steamy. I need something to drink, man. Fuck this. This is hot. Yeah. for Vince's secretary and this is Bruce uh who is this hey Bruce Bo how you doing Ben better good no no not good Somewhere in the middle, probably. Yeah. Um, listen, Bruce, uh, I, I'm not here to cause any trouble. Uh, Brett and I are just concerned about Vince. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, like, w with all the WWE cuts, uh, it just seems like that's following the pattern of self-destruction and self-loathing and just general sucking that we've tried to steer him away from you know since oh listen despite how things ended i don't hate you but i don't want to get shit started again as you can tell we already have enough problems here as it is 
Well, uh, okay. Number one, uh, I don't hate you either, Bruce. Uh, honestly, I think our issues were more of a product of that whole environment and situation. And, re and really, I'm sorry for being a dick over the phone. I am. And number two, uh, you know, maybe consider this like a welfare check on Vince from, from friend to friend, like nothing official at all. Okay. I'm doing you two a favor telling you this. I'm hoping, hoping, and maybe if I tell Mr. McMahon you two called, I'd make him feel better about everything. You mean like feel better about having to fire all those people? That's only part of it. Right now, Mr. McMahon, after the incident at the CNN Tower in Atlanta, is in court. And of course, that's really messy. And he's having to take these court-mandated anger management classes that he's not too happy about. But but he's he's accepting this, right? Like not resisting it, just letting life and what happened just sort of flow through him, unburdened by his own or anyone else's crazy expectations, none of that. Sure. Listen, I can't tell you anymore, and I gotta go. I'll tell him you all called and that you're thinking of him. Good. That's 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 good enough. Thank you, Bruce. All right. I'll see you, Bo. What scalds burns my ass buttocks? Rear uh, end. Tommy end. God, it's hot. Other than the heat, which yep. burns. The cicadas don't burn my ass. No, no, no. I think the, the ambiance, and I think our listeners, well, because we did a test recording before this to make sure it wasn't going to be obnoxious. The, I think they'll find it quite nice. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's terrible. The main thing that burned my ass, so I am part of a group that owns some property here, and I'm kind of the main landlord contact, yeah. and we've had new people moving in, and work that needs to be done to get these buildings moving, you know, ready for people to move in. Anywho, so... Just in the last couple of days, one of the buildings had a gas leak, like at 1 p.m. in the middle of my day, and that ruined that whole day. And then just yesterday, and this one burned me a little bit more. So we have people moving in. I go to get the key copied for them. Uh -huh. Go to the locksmith, get it copied. I get to the building. Key doesn't fucking work. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, can you believe that? That's so bizarre. Like, can I'm you copy this key? I get there and it doesn't so, 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 work. So what do you do? Did you, did you go I, back? And I went like... back. So I was there a few minutes early and the tenants did actually had texted me. Did like, you use the machine or did you use like a person? So the person used a machine. Oh, okay. But like not one of the ones that you put your credit card into. And, no, you know, no, yeah, no. Like the ones you find at Lowe's. Yeah. No, no, no. So I went back because the, the tenants said they were in traffic and running late. Mm -hmm. I went back. Fortunately, it wasn't that far away. But again, it's hot as shit outside. And from the moment I left the locksmith to go and try the key and come back, my whole shirt is drenched in sweat. Yeah. So it's just like an uncomfortable endeavor. And it's like, how do you fuck that up? Yeah. So I go back and the guy sees me and he like gives me this inquisitive look. I'm like, the keys don't work. I say it much nicer than that, mm -hmm. but, but that's how you, yeah, you and feel. he's just, yeah, that's how I felt. 
And he like looks at it, and I don't know exactly what he says. I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, oh, well, it would have helped if I would have cut him the right way. Yeah, it would have, dude. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, get new keys, and they work. But then they're like tight on the front door. Just so stupid. Yeah. It's not that hard. Bonkzilla. Yeah. Do you have anything? Yes, I do, actually. All it just right. came up with this. So these sunglasses I hold in my hand. I kind of look like an Indiana Jones villain when I wear them. Yep. But I'm not an... I'll be like the one from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Not the Nazis, but a communist. Yeah. But my favorite's Temple of Doom, like the Shalima. <laughs> like, I fucking love that. Um. Anywho, so I love sunglasses. Yep. Um. And so these sort of wire rim, like, small John Lennon, Howard Hughes... You know, sunglasses are kind of my jam this summer. Mm -hmm. So those I bought at Walmart. I had a pair from H&M's that I left, I believe it was either on Derby or my birthday. I'm um, at Chris's. And isn't that Chris where Moxley gets his slacks? Yeah, it's where he gets his slacks. Yeah, yeah. so um, um, Friday, I'm in Louisville. Before I come up here for Dynamite, uh, I wake up. I'm like, hey, I ain't got nothing going on. I want to ride my bike. What do I go do? I, I you know, uh, decided to go to H&M at about 9, at about 10 in the morning. Were you off? Yeah, I was off. Yeah. So nice. I go to the Oxmoor Center in Louisville, which there's two malls, right? the Mall of St. Matthews and the Oxmoor Center. Yep. And I go to um, the Oxmoor Center, go to H&M, and that big fucking grate is like pulled over it, so it's closed. Get on my phone, look it up. Oh, it opens at 11. Okay, I'll just come come back. Did you go to Auntie Anne's? I did not go to Auntie Anne's. <laughs> I, I, I got in my car and, and went back home. Um, oh, man. And then um, I, I announced our Marvez thing on Twitter. Yep. You yep. know, I kind of did all that. I went and got a crepe. You know, mm. I had myself a nice afternoon. Then I'm mm. like, well, what do I do now? Like, I'm not going to start my ride until 1 or 2 p.m. Let's go back to H&M. It's 11.30. So I get in my car. I drive back to the Oxmoor, which this drive, mind you all, takes about 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 to 15, depending on traffic. And, uh, like, I'm there, and I walk back in, and the grate's still closed. No. And there's all these people sitting out on chairs, like, on their phones, like, waiting for it to open. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be you. I don't think that's happening. So, so I go out. I get back in my car, and I go back. So... I mean, like, it's about 12.30 or 1, you know, I kind of get back there, I'm like, all right, what do I go do? You know, I'm like, I don't want to go on my bike right now, um, and so, like, I forget what I did in between. I think I maybe mowed the yard, and I go back to H&M for the third time that day, and it's open. Oh, and I, I was going to say. And I get those sunglasses, which are the ones I wore here, which are in my car. They're like these, but silver-rimmed. Because you left yeah, that yeah. pair here. Yeah, but like an, another mall burns my ass. You yeah. Know, because much like the um, the, the, the late-stage capitalism when... The birthday uh, present. Yeah, right? or Christmas present. A Christ Christmas yeah, yeah, present. Yeah. yeah, it was at the Florence but Mall. But at least you got some Zoldogs yeah, there. Yeah, at least I got some Zoldogs. It, it, like, I was just kind of like, yeah, get me out of here. Yeah. You know, so three times... It took me to go to the Oxmoor Mall. I made that trip three times, and I never fucking go there. Yeah. Ever. Damn. Anyway. Yeah. My drive to the locksmith was only like three or four minutes, so yeah. yeah, that stinks. Well, I mean, I guess it really goes to show that I really had nothing to fucking do that day. Yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. Coolio. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Okay, good buddy. It's time for If You recall excellent excellent and today uh sticking topical we are doing andrade cn almas versus johnny gargano from nxt takeover philadelphia january 27 2018 and you know obviously you've never seen andrade so nope. in situations like this arise we want to show them to you mm -hmm. and you know went back and forth uh, do we show you andrade versus alistair black 
since you'd never seen Black, and he was also just released. But, you know, stuck with the Gargano match because it's one of my favorite matches ever. And uh, based on your reactions alone, I'd say it might be one of your favorites that we've watched together, too. Yeah, um, I think what sets this apart from other matches that are really long and, and like, you know, one person will, you know, get on a run, then they'll hit their big move, and the then epics. somebody will... Yeah, yeah, the epics. And somebody will kick out, and then it'll go, then, like, you know, there'll be interference, and, yeah. like... You know, all these twists and turns. This one maintained a good pace. You know, there wasn't that period of time where they were just lying there just wallowing uh-huh. everywhere. Just uh, just a couple know. very brief moments of yeah, that yeah. after insane exchanges, yeah, yeah. you know. And when they got back up, the speed just resumed yep. at the same level that it was. That was what was most impressive to me about this match. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a war. It is a journey. Um, Andrade comes in as the NXT champion. Gargano had never won it to this point. Um, Andrade out with the mariachi band. He's got the mask on, which was a cool thing. You mentioned that's a cool outfit. Yeah, that's a cool outfit and a cool intro. Um, Can't say the same about Gargano. And then as Johnny came out, I'm like, that's not a cool Uh, outfit. It was all very like... Like, WWE did this a lot with, like, the sort of... They're not emojis, but they're the sort of, like, you know, Animal Crossing-style versions of you. Yeah. You know? And they do that all the time, and it's, you know, very, like, emojis everywhere, and I just think it's just... A little juvenile, but whatever. And, like, I, mean, I you know, loved Gargano during this period. He was so good. But, yeah, like, his gear and his song, which kind of reminds me of, like, Paramore. Yeah. Um, just, like, didn't really fit, but whatever. Like, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. So... I came into this match thinking Gargano was going to win, and they teased it so well so they many did. times. Like, well, especially with the commentary, too. Oh, Mauro yeah. Ranallo, so good. I miss him. Uh, he's been gone for a little bit, uh, but he's one of the best. Um, and, yeah, uh, any other observations, or do we want to just kind of dive in? Uh, I guess of the overall match? Yeah. Um, no, not in particular. I mean, you know. You kind of got it out there in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, let's just kind of roll through it here. Um, so, you know, a lot of, in the in the early stages, a lot of feeling each other out, a lot of mat wrestling, a lot of countering, and I know you you mentioned about the speed of those counters yeah. and everything. I mean, that made it fun, too, because in the beginning, they had that standoff. It was very um, grabby, yeah. is, is the word I will use it in the beginning at yes. first. Very grabby, but also very fast. It made... Yep. Like, I don't know, like, it had, like, a like a pretty quick pace. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys, whenever they would go out, they, it had an intensity... That didn't really drop. It never really slowed, and you know, smooth, with their fatigue. The smoothness. Smooth, yeah, uh, as yeah, well. Yeah. But yeah, after kind of the grabby parts, it turned with a big chop to the face. Oh by yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That was like kind of the V trigger, you and know. Then, the match and that was still pretty early on. on yeah. But then they go outside, and I just have flipping, jumping counters by both. Remember, yep, like a lot of counters. Andrade kept trying to hit him, and Johnny would jump up, and oh, then he'd yeah. try and hit him again, and he'd jump up again, and then he'd do a backflip, and then it ended with him with Johnny flipping off the apron, and then Andrade like grabbed and threw him, him, yeah, which was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So like a lot of kind of like miss moves or misses is kind of like you know a weird way to do it because like. It seemed very choreographed in that way, and I mean that in the best possible way. Yep. But yeah, a lot of just kind of those, you know, miss, 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 and then yep. somebody gets a counter into a big move. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's kind of how it was exciting in the micro sense. Yeah, the and then from there, Andrade put on a rear face lock, really wearing him down. So much torque, as announcer Percy Watson Toxic said. levels of it. Ooh, you got that right. Um, a lot of moments of, like, exchanging blows and elbows in the middle. Again, yeah. just that back and forth. And like you said, someone will get the upper hand. Um, 
And at one point, Johnny was tied to the tree of woe, as they call it, where he's kind of hanging down. And that looked like a dangerous ass move. Yeah. Was he, was he, was he trying to do like a head stomp? Like yes. from the top, like, like Andrade tried to head stomp him and he missed. How does anyone land that move? Yeah. Like is well, that, that that looks like it. Well, remember he hit him later in the match on the outside. Gotcha. He had him in that same position, gotcha. but yeah. So this one he misses belly to belly in the corner by Johnny, and then he hits a jumping, twirling slam of sorts. Yeah. A crazy move. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of action here. It got to the point where it was just so fast he couldn't even keep up with it. And I yeah. think that moment it was like Andrade went for his hammerlock DDT finisher off the top. And Gargano kind of like flipped over into what mm. would have been a power bomb, And then he kicked him. And I don't even That's when I lost track of it. And yeah, then I yeah, just said, yeah. next thing, Andrade did a backflip out of something. And he hit him with the, those running knees in the corner, right, which right. he hit many times. And it led to the finish at the end as well. Yeah. And then I guess it was uh, Johnny hit the inverted tornado DDT. I have crowd goes nuts here. Then he hits him with the slingshot DDT on the apron. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big move there. And then he rolled him in to get the two count. And then Johnny goes for the Gargano escape, but this is where he was just too cashed. He couldn't even, like, wrap his arm around. Yeah, it yeah. was just taking everything he had. Well, and this began kind of the era, the era of the match, or the, the part of the match, where, like, the near falls. Oh, yeah. Super, like, some We're great, in it now. Some great two counts. Yeah. You know, like, you know, just kicking out of it, just that very weak kick. And the crowd you know? was so hot yeah, the whole, so, the yeah, whole yeah, match. Yeah, so into it. Like, this kind of, you know, made it real, you know. Really sold the end a lot. Oh yeah, and I mean yeah, we're in the we're in the thick of it here, you know. And Johnny just his facial expressions were so good. The selling, the dried blood all over. Oh his yeah, face. yeah, just yeah, worked yeah, so lips, well. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on with that. Yeah, because he'd gotten like a bloody nose or and just ah. like his kind of just blank stares. At, like yeah. his selling. Was, oh oh yeah, and the commentators like they don't even he don't even know where he is. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like for both of them. Yeah, you this, know, like like playing that sort of dazed sort of look. Oh, both guys end. sell. I mean, again, this match was it had everything. It's it perfect. Did. It's a good uh, match. It, just great. So. Um, Andrade ends up hitting a huge back elbow, and then Johnny hits a clothesline, then throws him into the corner of the lawn dart, mm -hmm. which is always a fun move. And then he's getting ready to set up for the DIY kick, and Zelina Vega grabs his leg. Yeah. And her first of a few involvements in this match. Yeah, this is kind of when yeah, the heel involvement comes in, and, you know. Yep. Didn't really turn the tide of the match, because there was still, like, some in-ring stuff. That I think was much well, more. Well, so irrelevant. it was right after she pulled his leg. That's when he got that small package roll up. Mm. That was like probably the closest near fall of the match yeah. to that point. Then Gargano hits the DIY kick. Crowd's going nuts, and he only gets the two count. Ugh, just wild stuff. And then we go. It spills to the outside, and that's when uh, Andrade does hit the double stomp. Uh, and Gargano's yeah, yeah. dangling. And then he throws him against the ring, and mm. he's like banging Gargano's head against yeah, the yeah. ring. Then we get more just cashed Gargano facial expressions, which are great. Uh -huh. um, the running knees in the corner, two count. Then we get the fight forever chant. Slap exchange, super kick, reverse Rana by Gargano. Yeah, he gets him in the Gargano escape finally, and yeah. he's wrenching back on it, and the crowd is going nuts. And it's like, could this be it? And no, Zelina Vega breaks it up uh -huh. yet again. Yep. And I need to take a drink because it's so fucking hot in here. Yeah. And don't, don't, don't the cicadas seem extra loud right now? <laughs> this is like peak part of the day. It yeah. is, yeah. 
Woo! So, yeah, then it ends up on the outside, and then Johnny hits a tope suicida, but then Zelina throws him into the stairs. Uh, and that, that, all, that prompts something coming soon here, but after the stairs, that's when Andrade does finally hit the hammerlock DDT in the ring, and I remember Mara Ranello's like, it's academic from here, and yeah. he kicks out it too, and that's like the biggest eruption right. of the crowd. Right. Like that's his finishing move, and that's when you think Gargano's. You that's know. the moment that kind of takes it to that like scale breaker level. Yeah, yeah. You've heard me talking about. It's like whoa, he kicked out, and then again, when I'm watching this the first time, like he's definitely gonna win. Yeah, and he does not. So like again, just a great match. Um, Morrow goes unbelievable. And then uh, Zelina tries to go after him again, and that's when you get Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano's wife, hopping the barricade, spearing her, crowds losing which it. Which I'm glad they did that, which I'm glad they took that interference out of the game and Ex just let this exactly. you know, resolve itself. And they were kind of, you know, they kept showing Candice a few times, so like very good building of Teeing this it as up. well. Yeah. She ends up running her out. So yeah, she's out of the picture, so yeah, let's just finish it between these yeah. two. Um, Gargano hits a kick into the slingshot DDT, and he gets him in the Gargano escape again. Really wrenching it, but Andrade's able to get the foot on the rope. Ooh. And then they end up out on the apron, and Andrade pushes Johnny into the post. Mm. And again, this is where you get his face like, he's, he's done here. And then the double running knees directly into the post. Gets him up top for the draping hammerlock DDT, and that is all she wrote. Yeah, and um, when he hit that again, too, like, you know, that kind of, like, takes the air out of you, but in, like, a good way. And the crowd the know. crowd went side. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it gets to the point where, yeah, yeah, Because after he, you know, kicked out of that move, you know, you think Gargano's going to win, but, like, you know, once he gains the advantage there, you know, like, you really don't know. I, I feel like, like, post- Kicking out of the first hammerlock. That, uh, that's what, really yeah, don't. all bets are off at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, So, But, yeah, just an incredible match. And uh, like you'd said when we recorded yesterday, like, that this guy's main event ready right yeah, now. Yeah, no, and that, like, pretty much convinced me. I mean, that was three and a half years ago when yeah. he was the top of NXT. Sure, yeah. So. Now, he's going to, like, like with that, he's going to have some great matches. Like, it's, like Kenny, like, you know, that's going to be a fun match. That's the one coming up in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. like, Phoenix, Phoenix, Penta, you know, any of the Lucha guys. Pac would be a great, yeah. Jungle Boy could be yeah, a great opponent, opponent for, yeah. like, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, orange. Orange, yeah. yeah. It's going to be fun to see Andrade getting getting mixed in here. And like we said, you know, earlier, um, it's probably not, he's probably not going to be thrust right into the main event unless he does beat Kenny in Mexico, yeah. but he's going to be a fucking factor right off the bat. I just hope they treat him a little better than Miro when he came in, because Miro, it, you know, there was the arcade shit, and uh -huh. he just wasn't as big of a deal right away, and right. now he is, mm -hmm. but like... Andrade should be treated as such yeah. from the get-go. All right, buddy. It is time for our can comparison between AEW and Star Wars Episode 1. It's back. It's back, it's baby. It's back like us. It's back, baby. And we are in Diet Pepsi Town. But before we get to Diet Pepsi oh, Town. Oh, yes, yes, We are please. going to go toward um, High Fructose Corn Syrup Town. <laughs> Uh, recapping Pepsi and Mountain Dew, just to remind you. 
And again, these, Pepsi you know, and Mountain Dew, yeah. just to remind you. you yeah, and these comparisons um, will date it, run from November 2020 until about the end of January I'd of 2021. I'd say that's fair, yeah. Yeah, so the first three months of our, our of our show's existence. And again, this was Bo, Bo kind of reads, he's, if you're new to the show, Bo will read a description of the character in Star Wars, and I will compare said character to an AEW wrestler, announcer, figure, whomever. And these are episode one. You know, we're going yeah, through their Star history, Wars but we're sticking episode with, one. And we're sticking with their depiction in episode one, even though my historical account will go beyond that. Correct. Uh, and these for, are yeah. the Pepsi Mountain Dew Diet Pepsi Pepsi One cans from what, 1999? 99. 99 yeah. is when it was in. One of my top five birthdays. Yeah. Number was, five. And those were both big fixtures in our lives, and that's kind of how all this started. And uh, our episode one was called The Pilot Menace. It so was. So a lot of. A lot of history and threads here. Yeah, going, so, going back to the beginning. Give yep. them uh, the picks. All right, so our, this begins our Pepsi cans. Number one was Anakin Skywalker, who was Darby Allen. Mm. Number two, Sebulba, Ricky Starks. Stalks. Number three, Qui-Gon Jinn, Cody Rhodes. Number four, Watto, Taz. <laughs> Number five, Jabba the Hutt, Eddie Kingston. One of the favorites Yes, there. yes. Number six, Senator Palpatine, MJF. Number seven, R2-D2, Tony Schiavone. Also a favorite. And rounding out Pepsi and heading straight into, you know where, Darth Sidious, Tony Khan. Mm. Now to be in Mountain Dew. Mm. Uh, What was that? That was six or is that eight? Yeah, that's eight. Number nine, Darth Maul, Kenny Omega. Number 10, Jar Jar Binks, Marco Stunt. Number 11, Mace Windu, John Moxley. Number 12, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hangman, Adam Page. I'm surprised the numbers are the thing I'm like yeah. confused on here. <laughs> he just can't figure it out. Number 13, 13 Captain Panaka, Wardlow. Number 14, Rune Hako, Matt Jackson. Number 15, Rick Oley. Everyone's favorite. Welcome to, Welcome Cor- to Coruscant. Welcome to Coruscant, Excalibur. And number 16, <laughs> Destroyer Droid, John Silver. So Did we at- confirm that one? I we- think you're right, but yeah. I don't think that's the only confirmed. So if but, somebody wants to prove us wrong and yeah. be shitty on the internet, you can't. Because we did have to yeah. look up what? War, the Panaka, Rick Oli, and no, Obi-Wan. Yeah, Obi-Wan. Yeah, just to make sure. Um, yeah, it's been a while. But yeah, so we ready to kick her back off? Let's Diet Pepsi time. Do it. And we're f- our first ladies here. He- hello, so. hello, Aspartame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hello. <laughs> Number 17, Queen Amidala. So we'll do, as we said. Excuse num- me. Number 17, Queen Amidala. <laughs> number 17 queen amidala and as we said in the beginning uh she and number 18 are kind of like the same person so we yeah are... this is going to be a bit interesting so i was going to say do you want to read them both and then i'll give you both at the same yeah, we time could do, um let's i'm going to refer to queen the first queen amidala as sabe because that's her real name and this is the one with the painted yeah, face yeah, yeah, who that, acted the, as the, the de- queen the decoy correct yes yeah, so sabe Yes. Is, is who she is. So she is not Padme the actual queen, but rather the And decoy. she's Queen Amidala on the can. Yes, Queen Amidala on the can. So yes. that, that, that matters. The decoy queen of Naboo, who acted as Queen Amidala's decoy during the Trade Federation invasion of Naboo, she's played by Kiera Knightley. Oh, wow. Yeah, from Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Who like there? There's always been some sort of online thing like, oh, Natalie Portman. Who Will again. Sanford thought Natalie Portman was in the Pirates movies recently? Yeah. and we fucking cooked him because it was Kieran. Knight. Yeah, and like <laughs> that's they, hilarious. They do look a lot alike, but it's kind of funny to be like, oh yeah, like you know, she's the better. Um, Natalie Portman's the better version of you. Uh, yeah, I did <laughs> like, not I even know that. that. Yeah, so she is played by Kira Knightley. Interesting. She identifies herself as the Queen of Naboo throughout Episode One until. That big forest scene with the Gungans. Whenever mm. they make form the alliance with Boss Nass, whenever they say, <laughs> yeah, they say the Trade Federation's invading. We need to take we need to um, take the palace and capture the Viceroy. You deal with the battle droids, which is a pretty shitty fucking arrangement for the <laughs> yeah. Gungans. Because like I think they are far worse equipped to handle the battle droid army than the Naboo. Yeah, you know, in my opinion. Um, so she helped Panme and good old Captain Korsh Panaka. <laughs> Secure the throne room. Secure the throne room during the retaking of the palace and capture Viceroy Gunray. Um, so throughout episode two, that's kind of her end of episode one because after that, sort of Padme is like, "Hey, I'm the queen," you know. Yep. She's relegated back to a handmaiden. Yep. Um, <laughs> that, but that's what they're considered. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her, her assistants are handmaidens. It's just a geek. Yeah. Um, so she served Padme as a handmaiden throughout episode two while she was a senator. And so when Padme died in episode three, she's not seen, but she and Captain Tanra, who's that captain in episode two, whenever, um, you know, whenever they, in the beginning of episode two, when they land on Coruscant and yep. the ship blows up. Yep. And one of the hilar- most hilarious lines of the prequels is her decoy. She has another decoy. And her decoy looks at Padme and she goes, I failed you, my lady. Yeah. And it's like, no, you didn't fail her. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what yeah, you were supposed to do. That was your job. That was yeah. your job. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just like classic George Lucas, like, quarter-baked bullshit. Yeah. Could um, you imagine if Lynch directed it, though? I could. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, she and Captain Tanra changed their identities and started an investigation in Padme's death because they suspect foul play. Mm. Um, so she becomes part of the Amidalans, Ooh. who that was the group that Rick Ole led. Yes. Um, and so she actually plays an interesting role in that Darth Vader comic I'm talking about, uh-huh. I, or that I read. Um, Darth Vader goes back to Padme's apartment. You know that place where, with the couch in episode three and the fountain? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that locale where she and Anakin live. Yep. Um, Darth Vader goes back there, like, investigating, because this is after Empire Strikes Back, where he's like... Trying to figure out, oh, I just saw my son. Yeah. You know, what the fuck? You know, he goes back. Yeah, yeah. So he goes back there, and Sabe shows up, and Darth Vader thinks it's Padme. Yeah. And she plays it off for a little bit. And then eventually, Darth Vader figures it out. He's like, no, you're you're Sabe. They are just a handmaiden. So they both, their goals are both pretty similar, investigating Padme's death. And the Emperor doesn't want Darth Vader to investigate Padme's death. He wants him to go after Luke, Mm. which is the beginning of a whole crazy arc that, like, makes this comic, I think, actually really good. Um, so they join forces to wow. investigate Padme's death, and eventually Sabe turns on him in that big scene with Rick Ole. Yeah. Um, but Sabe does survive, mm. you know, um, the encounter with Darth Vader. Uh, so yeah, that's the last we hear from Sabe. Damn. And uh, I guess, do we want to just move on to Yeah, Padme? just breeze through Padme here. Padme would be pretty easy. 18 Padme Naberi, that's her last name. She was born on Naboo, and she was elected as queen at age 14. Well, that's impressive. It's fucked. That's... <laughs> <laughs> it is. So you know, you kind of you can kind of tell Padme's story. She poses as a handmaiden. She helps Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Anakin on Tatooine. She's played by Natalie. She's played Portman. by Natalie Portman. And then there's the reveal. And then she sort of leads the retaking of the palace in Theed, um, and leads the capture of the Viceroy. She becomes a senator in Episode Two. Jango Fett tries to assassinate her. 
Um, her and Anakin fall in love, and like one of the worst love he stories. He tells her about Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally one of the worst love stories ever, ever on film. Yep. Um, they survive. Could in you imagine watching it on your fucking telephone? Um, not. <laughs> yeah. So um, they survive the battle in the Geonosis Arena in the beginning of the Clone Wars. He knocks her up. Episode three. She's pregnant. Um, you know, and she kind of is pretty latent in episode three until the very end. Yeah. You know, whenever Anakin does his heel turn and becomes Darth Vader, mm. he chokes her mm. and like it kind of sends her into labor mm. and then she dies because mm. she loses the will to live, mm. you know, which tough. seems very, yeah, it's tough. It's very plot convenient. But anyway, so she dies, you know, from that grief um, after giving birth um, to Luke and Leia during her funeral. Apparently I read this um, on the Star Wars um, Wikipedia that like she looks pregnant even though she already gave birth and somebody created like i think the mortician in naboo created like a hologram to make her look pregnant mm. to hide the kids mm. and we so, saw co bibble at that yeah funeral. co bibble boss nass yeah. jar jar all the classics yeah so anyways um yeah that's a bit that's about it for padme so let's start off with the queen yeah so queen amidala is thunderosa good pick and Padme is Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. Yeah, all right. Hand, May, did. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but I think it's good to talk about these two in conjunction yeah, just because, like, it, their identities are inextricably tied. And as Britt mm. and Thunder Rosa had mm. been for, you know, many months this year with mm. their feuds, like, yeah. Britt is the queen so to speak yeah. now padme was the real queen and brit was always destined to be the, the women's star she yeah. was the first signing it just through injuries and character changes it just took her a while to get there but yeah. as we've said very deserved um she's not very upset anymore and um but yeah so then thunder the face paint was already kind of a thing like Sabe, Queen Amidala has oh, face yeah, paint. Oh yeah, yeah, great, yeah. Thunder Rosa yeah, has didn't face think of that paint. Initially. How did I know? Thunder Rosa also not technically signed to AEW. She's signed by NWA, so that's kind of another reason to make her the quote unquote handmaiden. Uh, but yeah, just the fact, like you said, they're inextricably linked. They had their feud, the face paint. Brits the queen. Um, and but yeah, it was fun to finally get into the women here. But it's also like. Brit had to be one of these two, yeah. just because of everything. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, is it Sheeta? It's really Sheeta, Thunder Rosa were really the the big two candidates. Yeah, so. and I think Sheeta like is this, you know, like these two I think belong together. Exactly. You know, uh, yeah, I I agree. All right, so who's coming up next? Next we have number nineteen, Shmi Skywalker. Shmi, Shmi. Not to be confused with Shmi from Hook. Yeah, yeah, not not yeah, not that one. But he's tight. And then number 20, we have the battle droid. And then on to the wonners. Why don't you just give us our wonners again? Let's remind uh, me and the fans. <laughs> number 21, Chancellor Valorum. Oh, yeah. What a jobber. Number 22, C-3PO, who's like... Kind of tight. Yeah, yeah. Who's like in every fucking episode of the series. Number, tw number 23, Viceroy Newt Gunray. <laughs> and number 24... <laughs> and then we have the Golden Yoda can. And we're going to make our own Diet Mountain Doers. Yes, we are. Yes, Hello, we are. Aspartame again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this was fun to kind of go back in memory lane a bit and just get back to it. And, yeah, I enjoyed uh, myself. Yeah, so good stuff there, buddy. Okay, buddy, it's been a fun one here. Yeah. Um, I guess we're uh, we're rolling our way to the finish line. and uh, Cool. 
get it out, get get out of this hot uh, studio and uh, yeah, noisy bugs. Air conditioning bugs should be fixed tomorrow. Yeah, but so, uh, but so yeah, we we survived. We persevered. Yep. Oh man, it's uh, it's Goldman calling here. We've well, been uh, we've been uh, kind of ignoring him for a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, he's probably not going to stop unless yeah. we. I guess let's let's just take it. Should we? Uh, okay, so we need, before you do this stuff, like we gotta no, like we're gonna give him a hard no, right? Yeah, I'd say that's that. Okay, good, good. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Cool. Hey, Greg, what's up, man? Brett Beaumont, how come you've been ignoring my calls? Well, we haven't exactly been ignoring them, Greg. Yeah, like we've been really uh, busy, dude. Just uh, you know, making the show and you make the show every day of the week essentially and, and our ac's out and it's hot oh well shit my apartment in queens has never had ac lived here 14 years and i never needed it i just don't give a fuck about sweat and actually i don't mind it it kind of feels nice especially when i get to watch the mets take a shit all over town wait aren't they in first place in the nl east doesn't matter they still fucking suck all of it sucks aw sucks wwe mostly suck so uh what exactly doesn't suck, Greg? Roman. Empire? Or Reigns? He's the best there is, and I'm going to be talking about him on your show. All right, listen, Greg. We've got to say no on taking on another member of the show. Just with everything we've got going on, we've got the Marvez interview coming up, other stuff, and just putting the show out, promoting it, building our audience, living life. It's just, uh, it's just too much to coordinate right now. Listen. I want to lay this on you. You all just sit there worrying about who and what is watching your show. And let me tell you that nobody gives a fuck about that. We never said that we did. All those people you lost when you kicked WWE to the curb, they'd all tune in to listen to me talk about the head of the table, the tribal chief, the best thing there is in wrestling. No, the answer's no, Greg. (laughs) It's objectively, precisely no. Textbook, definition, connotation. Now listen, listen. Don't you think for one lousy second that I'm going to let this show that made me internet famous turn into WWE. So I'm going to cover WWE for your show. Going to be great partnership, great ratings. I'll record from right here in my apartment in Queens. It's got no AC, you know. Come on. You know I'm right. This is what we're doing. Don't be turning the wrong way down a one-way, boys. Okay, fine. Dude, what? I mean, listen, aren't you just exhausted and fucking hot and just dealing with weird shit like this? I know I am. Like, remember what you said when we talked to Bruce? The thing about not resisting and just letting things just flow? Go with the flow. And not make it any more frustrating than it has to be. I mean, fuck. Clearly, we can't stop this shit from happening. He's fucking relentless. So we need to just let it happen. Are you sure? Like, this guy sometimes just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, shit. I'm just so tired of dealing with all this bullshit. And the thing is, if there's going to be bullshit, which from our experience, it appears there will inevitably be, we just... We just need not to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Whatever. 
fucking perfect. You'll hear from me next week, boys. Hey, give us until after the Marvez interview, and then we'll talk. That's our terms. Sold. And uh, maybe uh, leave us alone until then? You know, Beaumont, you're not as stupid as you sound on the show. <laughs> Dick. All right, Greg. After the Marvez show, June 20th, 21st, something like that, we'll holler at you. Deal. Talk to you then, boys.